Welcome to the Entre Pastors Podcast. This show helps pastors think, act, and thrive as prosperous entrepreneurs. And now, here are your hosts, Les Hughes and John Sanders. Well, hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Entre Pastors Podcast. My name is John Sanders. I'm one of the co-hosts here, and my other co-host, Les Hughes, is not with me at the moment of this recording. You're going to hear from him in just a moment as we share an interview that he and I did previously with our guest today, David Murrow. Uh, but uh, Les and I are having one of those busy weeks where we're both running opposite directions, and sometimes when that happens, I just record the intro and the outro of this show by myself, so holding down the fort without my buddy Les right now. I've had a good week, man. I just uh, spent some time out in rural Pennsylvania. I had the opportunity to speak at a pastor's conference out there, which was awesome, made some great connections, and then did something really cool um, that I've wanted to do for a long time. When I booked the speaking gig, I realized, man, I'm just going to be like... Uh, hour and a half away from New York City. And ever since September 11th, 2001, I've felt a very strong uh, connection with that story of that event and really desired to go see Ground Zero and just be there. And so I had a cool opportunity after the conference was done just to drive over um, to New York and spend the better part of a day in Manhattan just walking around checking out the sites, primarily just hanging out there at Ground Zero. So uh, kind of a cool way to work in. I wouldn't really call that leisure. It wasn't really like fun. I did enjoy myself, but it was a very uh, surreal moment to be there and uh, just hanging out at a place where I've done so much watching the iconic images and videos and listening you know, to different books, reading different books about it, talking to firefighters that were there uh, that day. So anyway, it was kind of like a pilgrimage almost in some ways. Like I felt that I just needed to go pay my respect. So anyway, I just got back from that. It's been a crazy week and, uh, but weeks, I like, I like weeks like that. We're, we're doing business, we're doing life, we're having fun. And, uh, that's what I hope for you as well, that you can be out serving people. I had a really cool story too. I'm not going to take the time to get into it. I'll just suffice it to say this. I had a cool God moment in New York city, where I, I ran into a guy, we we struck up a conversation, he asked for prayer, and it was just like legit, there's no way me and this guy would have ever been talking in any other context other than God brought us together on that morning. So kind of curious to see what comes from that connection that I made. So brother, if you're listening to this, you know who you are, because I only told one person in New York City about this podcast. So if for some reason you're listening uh, I won't say your name on the air, but uh, it was good meeting you, good having a word of prayer with you on the pier there with the Statue of Liberty in the background and all of that, so really cool stuff. But all right, enough about that. Let us let me tell you about the guests we're getting ready to hear from today. So David Murrow uh, is an author. He has impacted many, many pastors with a book that he wrote years ago called Why Men Hate Going to Church. We'll talk briefly with him about that book, but that's not really why we brought him on the show. Um, his, he's spent a career as a TV producer, director, storyteller, and you may be thinking, well, what in the world is he going to talk to pastors about? Well, he is rolling out a brand new course, very well done course, and then a coaching cohort that follows up the course or goes deeper into the course 
helping pastors preach better online sermons. And um, man, this is really good stuff. He's using his background and his career in the TV industry, you know, telling stories through film and through screen. Um, and he's helping pastors do a better job of connecting with people in this world, in this, what he's going to call an, an attention economy. And so we're going to unpack that whole thing with him. But really what I wanted to share with you, the Entree Pastor community, uh, David is a great example of someone that is on what we would call the information-based pathway. In our membership uh, community, we have several different pathways, kind of broad categories that we hold up as examples of direction that you could go as a pastor getting started uh, in an entrepreneurial journey of some sort. And the information-based pathway is exactly what it sounds like. It's where you are taking information, an idea or intellectual property from your mind, and you are sharing it with others, serving others by putting that out into the world in various forms. I mean, it can be through a digital course like David's got. It could be through coaching like David is doing, but it could be through so many other avenues of writing, speaking, uh, podcasting, blogging, whatever. So David is a great example of someone who is doing exactly that. So yes, we want to talk about his book, Why Men Hate Going to Church. We'll just briefly get into that. Yes, we want to talk to him about his online uh course for pastors, but then we really want to peel back the layers of the business side of it. How do you go about launching that? So he's going to go through that. He's going to share some words of encouragement for those who um, are just getting started down that information-based pathway. And then in our backstage portion, he's got something really funny he wants to sh talk about, and that is the coming preaching apocalypse. Stay tuned. We'll tell you more about that. What in the world is this preaching apocalypse that he says is coming our way? So, guys, without any further ado, I'm excited to share this interview we did recently with my friend David Murrow. Check this out. Well, David Murrow, welcome to the Entree Pastors Podcast, my friend. We're glad to have you with us today. Well, I'm excited because I'm neither a pastor, but, but I am an entrepreneur. I've had my own television production company for 40 years now. And uh, really excited to be talking to some pastors about how you can uh, increase your online reach. Yeah. And even though you're not a pastor per se, you have impacted many, many pastors, many churches, including mine, and probably less is less. Real quick, can I ask you, did you ever read the book, Why Men Hate Going to Church back in the day? I did. I read that book down on the beach in Florida. Well, at, right after it came out, I sure did. I read it up in South Dakota, so there you go. But David, I did want to just say for our audience listening, a few years back, it's been quite a few years back now, when when did you write that book, by the way? What year was that? Uh, the original version came out in 2005, and then the revised was in 2011. Okay, well, I must have got in on the very early version of that because it was early in my ministry, and uh, seriously, like that made a huge impact on the the outcome of our church. Like over the years, God used your message in that book to help me be aware. Like it resonated with me because it was already stuff that I intuitively kind of knew and agreed with, but it mm -hmm. gave me some verbiage for it, and it helped me be intentional in the church that I planted to, on purpose, create an environment that that is comfortable. For men, and even though we're not going to go deep into that conversation, I will give you just a moment to maybe plug the book and answer why is that? Why is it something that should be on the radar of pastors? Why are you not a chauvinist pig for saying that churches should <laughs> desire to have men engaged and involved? 
Well, no, the, the, the truth is I wrote why men hate going to church because I had always noticed that there were more women than men in church and the women seemed to get church in a way the men didn't. A lot of them were dragged, a lot of men were go in church, but they were dragged by their wives um, or, and girlfriends and mothers and stuff. Um, one of the things that we've realized through years of research is that the churches that are healthiest and growing are almost always gender balanced. You have lots of involved men, laymen. And the churches that tend to die off are usually led by grandmas. These are women who are keeping the institution going, but there's really no thriving in there. So I wrote Why Men Make Hate Going to Church and started a ministry called Church for Men to help churches create a life-giving masculine spirit on Sunday morning and through every ministry offering they have. And uh, then... But, you know, I, I work in the TV business, as I said, and that's and that's why I'm kind of shifting my focus now toward helping pastors become more effective on screen, because a lot of pastors, quite frankly, their their uh, video numbers, their YouTube numbers are dying and uh, they're just not they're not getting traction online. And they've seen their in-person attendance crater as well. Yeah. So this online preaching coach is designed to help pastors get people more viewers online and get more people back in the room. Yeah, so that's that kind of brings us up to where I want to talk with you today. We, you know, you and I connected here recently within the last year or so and you made me aware of the fact that you were shifting gears. And so before we go too much into um the course itself, like give us a little bit of your background when you say you've worked in the TV industry. Like what does that mean? What specifically has your role been and so what's your professional background there? Yeah, well, I've spent four decades in the, the television business doing local commercials, educational films, uh, industrial films, uh, worked on network, lots of different network projects as a stringer. I live in Anchorage, Alaska. And so rather than send a producer up, they'd hire me. So, I mean, I've done the alphabet soup, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, BBC, you, men, you name them, I've worked for them. I've uh, won a lot of awards and I've earned millions of dollars helping clients reach people in the screen world. And then I look at these online sermons and I just hold my head, you know, pastors think all I got to do is point a camera at myself and people will watch my sermons. And I'm like, no, that's not how it works in the screen world. In the, in the embodied church, you have what I call the attention monopoly. People come in, they sit down specifically to hear you speak, and they sit there like a bunch of potted plants. They don't move until you're done talking. But in the screen world that you're in an attention economy, the rules are completely different. You have to compete for the audience's attention. Your, your message has to be so visually interesting, so properly um, structured that people say, I've got to keep watching. And so that's what I'm doing is I'm trying to help pastors uh, create messages, kind of compelling messages like Jesus preached, where you're on the edge of your seat. And it's not that hard to do if you know what I know. Being from the television background, I know how to structure a story. I know how to bring visuals into a story. I know how to use metaphors and parables and all these visual, these uh, literary techniques that TV producers know, but pastors don't. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you to speak to this pastor, uh, th this profile of a pastor I'm getting ready to describe. When you say you're starting to see all these, you know, pastors' sermons online, I'm I'm assuming you might be referring to like the recent pandemic where so many churches moved online. So here's what I want to just throw out for a minute. I've been a guy for a long time that has been challenging pastors, get online, like engage this tool. And I've found with many, there's been a reluctance toward moving that way. Well, then 2020 blows up, the pandemic hits, and now they're forced to go online. 
And that's where you're starting to see like, oh man, we've got a problem on our hands. We've got people who think if I just turn on a camera and and record what I do every Sunday for a group of people who are conditioned to show up and sit through that, it'll be effective. And early on, by the way, a lot of pastors, I think, thought they were being effective because they would celebrate we had 18,000 views, and mm-hmm. that doesn't yeah. mean 18,000 people actually like watched their entire sermon. So, I mean, maybe speak to the importance of first, A, being online, and then uh, A, being online, and then B, not sucking when you're online. Like that, let's take them in that <laughs> oh. order. Okay, so here's what pastors don't realize. When I talk when when you talk about online preaching, they think that what you have to do is create a cyber church in the metaverse with little avatars and no no no, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about doing great online preaching, sermons that reach out and grab an audience, an unchurched audience, your future members and bringing them into your physical embodied church. That's that's what I want to I don't, I'm not all about all this metaverse. I I'm old school, right? I think people should come to church. Mm-hmm. But the people who, here's the thing, 50 years ago, when people, like, let's say a person, a Methodist, moves to your town, what does he do? He picks up the phone book, he looks up First United Methodist Church, and he's in the pews next Sunday, right? He's never heard you preach. That's how people found churches back in the back in the day. How do people find churches today? They go to Google, and they say, or Siri, find me churches near me. And their phone gives them a list of churches. They click on your website. And the first thing, what is the first thing they're going to do? They're going to sample one of your sermons. If your sermon is an hour and 10 minutes long of you standing there with a fuzzy camera and bad audio and no visuals, how long do you think they're going to listen to your sermon? Pastors, we have to start fighting for people's attention. We've never had to do that because we've had an attention monopoly. And the future of your church depends on your ability to reach people online. Again, not because you're trying to create some metaverse church with Mm -hmm. avatars, because real people who really need to know the Savior are going to check you out online before they come to your building. Yeah, that's that's so well said. So in a minute, we're going to shift gears and talk about this more from the, the angle of the actual business that you are doing, the entrepreneurial part of what you're doing with this course. But I do want to give you a, a moment to plug the course itself. You have a free course that you've made available and it really is good. Like I've told you this several times, you're going to get tired of hearing me tell you this, but David, it's an excellent course that you put together, just a small little video course that pastors can go through and really get a good flavor of the the content that you're wanting to go deeper into with them. So tell them where they can get that free course. Well, thanks, John. I need every fanboy I can get. Don't Um, call me a fanboy. I'm going to quit saying that if you call me that again. So, um, if you go to davidmoreau.com, my website, uh, you'll see a little orange button that allows you to sign up for a free online mini course. You give me your email address. I promise not to spam, sell, or share your address. That unlocks the mini course. It's 52 minutes long. It has three segments. It's called the nine commandments of great online preaching. And what I do in that course is I talk to you about the three doors that stand between your sermon and the people who need to hear it. The first door is your sermon has to be watched. Second door, it has to be remembered. And the third door is it has to be shared. And the course teaches you how to open all three of those doors so that people actually consume your online content. And that course is free. All it'll cost you is just give me your email address. And then once every month or so, I send you an email with uh, uh, information about how you can get more training. Excellent. Well, David, really the reason we brought you on was because you are doing one of the, well, we've kind of boiled down several different pathways for a pastor who wants to 
develop some extra income for their family and, and get out in the marketplace, we've essentially identified three pathways, one of them being what we call the information-based pathway. And and all that is, is it's a someone who's taking a, an idea or a message that they want to get out into the world or their intellectual property, and they're building products and services around that. So it, it can be through writing, it can be through blogging, podcasting, YouTube, you know, speaking, coaching, whatever, something down that road. And that's really what you're doing with this course. So I, I want to talk about the business side of it for just a moment. First of all, when did you get the idea or what was it that caused you to say, you know what, I'm, I see a need, I'm going to create a product to address the need. Because a lot of people can agree with what you said about you know, long sermons that are boring and not engaging on the internet. But how did you move from that observation of, man, this, someone needs to do something about this to, I've got an idea, I'm going to create a product around it. Yeah, well, I mean, it just occurred to me, sitting in church as a television producer, you see those missed opportunities. You, you see, well, this worked in the room, but it ain't going to work on video. Um, I mean, you just you just know these things. I've directed you know hundreds of people over the over the course of years, and I'm just I'm just holding my head, thinking, gosh, if he had just you know here he is, he's talking about FDR. Why does he not put a picture of FDR up on the screen? I mean, there's just little unforced errors that I, I detect that I notice. And so when when my spirit gets irritated by those sorts of things, I pray about it. And the Lord always tells me, well, why don't you do something about it? Which, of course, wrecks my life. That's how I wrote Why Men Hate Going to Church. Yeah. And, and that's why I decided to launch the online preaching coach, because there's a lot of really good, solid biblical preaching that is not landing. It's, it's like the, 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 the story of the birds of the air coming and taking the seed away. It's not being implanted in people's hearts, but because before they can remember it, they, we're not giving them enough hooks so that their brains can remember it. And Charles Stone writes about this extensively. He wrote a book called A Jesus Gave a TED Talk. Excellent book. When I read that book, I thought, you know, I've got to start getting this out to pastors. So that was kind of the, the genesis of the online preaching coach. And, you know, I wanted it to be a, an offer. Here's the thing about most pastors. Uh, Bar Barna did a study and they asked pastors, do you rate yourself as an above average speaker? And 90% of pastors said they do. Mm. Of course, that's statistically impossible. So I realized <laughs> right. I had to, I had to come at this from a different angle. So my my offer is not pastor. I want to fix your rotten preaching. It's pastor. I want to take your preaching and make it more watchable online. So there's a lot of really good preaching, a lot of good Bible going out there, but it's being delivered in such a way that it simply cannot survive in the attention economy. It doesn't compete for attention. And it just doesn't, it doesn't land. It doesn't get implanted, especially in the room, but especially online. Does that answer your question, John? Yeah, it does. And I may, I may, as we kind of muddle our way through this, I'm trying to connect dots for our listeners that you maybe have already connected them, but maybe you haven't even connected them from a standpoint of like, okay, this is what it looks like for me to do this in my own life and with a business. So I think what I want to draw out of what you just said, David, is you saw the need and you mm -hmm. had a background that mm -hmm. helped you see the need, right? The, the, the very, yeah. your passion, your skill set helped you see there's a problem here. So then what was the next step? Like, because you could have done a lot of things to address the problem, but you're basically creating a product and a service. You're creating a course and, and a coaching cohort around this thing. So walk us through the evolution of that. How did you go from those frustrating moments 
being inspired by the Holy Spirit to do something about it, to say, here's the answer. I'm going to create a course and, and some coaching around this. Well, I mean, my very first step was just to outline the idea. You know, I, I did a one pager. Here's the need. Here's the problem. Here's what I propose as the solution. And that would be the very first thing that I'd recommend for any pastor who wants to create an entrepreneurial type venture. Here's the problem. You know, whatever it is, um, the, the steps on the church are too tall or there's not enough ice cream in church or, you know, whatever the, the, the theoretical is. Here's the problem. Here's how I propose to solve it. Then you, that becomes your founding document. Tack that up on the wall. And then you start to build. All right. So how do I address these things? And in my case, what I did is I took that founding document and wrote an explainer video because I'm a television producer. And that explainer video, it's five minutes long. You can see it on my website. It talks about Ty and Amanda, this young couple that's looking for a church. They check you out online and they close the laptop because you're not grabbing them. Mm-hmm. Um so you may not have to do an explainer video, but you are going to need some sort of an explainer document that takes your basic problem solution and expands it a little bit more. So some sort of an explainer document, maybe it's as simple as a Facebook page or a web page or a Facebook group or something like that. But you've got to get your idea out in front of people and then um, get some feedback on it. See if it's landing, see if people understand it as a genuine need. And then from there, you would probably want to build an actual website. Um, something that puts your offer out there. And that's the beginning of what's called a sales funnel. I don't know if you're familiar with that term or yeah, not. Hold on, before we go down the sales funnel, and I'm, this is exactly yeah. the kind of stuff I wanted to talk about. So thank you. It's, so let's go back to what I would call like you're testing the market, right? You, you see a problem, you think you have an idea for how to help be a solution to that problem. Mm-hmm. And, but now you're going to test the market a little bit. So did you, I know you said you built a, you know, that little five minute introduction video video yeah what did you do with that like once you had that video like did you put that out in front of an email list or a test market of some sort like tell me that story i posted okay so on my church for men page i have six thousand five hundred followers and i probably should have boosted it but i went ahead and just stuck it on there for free and asked asked for feedback from my tribe and got some really good feedback a lot of positives it was very clear that it struck a nerve um, probably I'm in the soft launch phase right now. When I go into a formal launch, I am going to actually put my explainer video out there with some revisions. I've realized that the, the video has some air, things that I need to fix, but I'm going to put it out there as a boosted post and I'm going to target pastors, vocational pastors. And then that video is going to lead back to my offer page where I'm going to capture their email addresses or actually have them sign up for a cohort, which I'm going to be launching later this year. Okay. So, all right. So then let's go into that sales funnel that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. So tell, tell our audience what a sales funnel is. People who work with online stuff will probably readily know that, but maybe others will go, what in the world is this funnel he speaks of? Okay. Well, so you have the shape of a funnel, right? You design, what a funnel does is it captures lots of beans and then it gradually puts the beans down toward the bottom and then you get a few out of the bottom. So what you want to do is you want to put out a funnel there that captures lots of email addresses or lots of subscribers on YouTube or lots of views on TikTok or whatever it is, okay? Whatever the platform you choose. And you wanna get a lot, just get a lot of people because people talk to each other, they, they share, they, whatever. And then eventually what you want to do is you want them to funnel down into your paying people. Um, you know, only 5%, 3% are gonna actually be paying people. But if you're charging enough, that's, that's all you need to, to start building an income stream. And so a sales funnel might include a website, it might include a YouTube page, it might, it's going to include all these ways of getting your word out there, Facebook, Instagram, and definitely TikTok. 
if you're targeting younger people and you're putting content, create content for all of these different platforms. And the content doesn't have to be super slick. That's the thing. I mean, the weird thing about TikTok is you film it with your camera up like this and it's all shaky and all that stuff. And you do a little dance and people share it. It's just the craziest platform I've ever seen. So, you know, it doesn't have to be super slick. I'm in the television business. I made mine look super slick. But, you know, you can just do things with your, with your iPhone, you know, especially if you got one of these pros or something. And it looks and sounds really great. If you've got a great idea, it can break through. So in that sales funnel, like I get it, the big end is you've got something of value that you're giving and that gets people kind of into your funnel. But then is there more between the big wide end of the funnel and then the three or 5% that are making, you know, purchases on the other end? Like, is there other things happening inside that funnel? Yeah. One of the things that I have yet to set up because I'm in soft launch is everybody who takes advantage of my offer, I need to do, I need to have a series of automated emails that try to get them to buy my more expensive course, which is the personal coaching. And the reason I haven't, the reason I've been a bad, bad boy and I haven't done this is this is something I probably haven't told you, John, but I've been approached by a seminary to put together a course. And this really just fireworks went off in my head because the opportunity to reach young pastors who are in training in these techniques uh, kind of pushed everything else to the side. And even though the seminary course is not really going to be a revenue stream for me yet, it's going to open up so many doors. I'm going to be working with Western Seminary to develop a 15-week course, which I will own. And then I'm able to take market that to other seminaries. I can go to Dallas Theological Seminary. I can go to, uh, to Southwestern. I can go to all these seminaries that are trying to figure out online preaching. Because my understanding is nobody's teaching this yet. Mm. I've got the market to myself. I'm figuring that in turn will generate some speaking opportunities. And speaking opportunities, especially if you're main stage, can earn you good money. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to create a virtuous circle. I don't necessarily have to have a coaching business go right away. But if I get these other things in place, the coaching business will follow. If I'm on a main stage and I do a good presentation, I'll have coaching clients. Wonder. So that's, that's kind of how my strategy has shifted. Go ahead, David. When, when, you, when you were setting up your entire platform and your entire business, including books and the speaking and, and now courses, how much of that was uh, you know, deliberate and intentional? And how much of it was just organic? And hey, this seems to be the next step, or you received maybe some, some counsel or advice from mentors yourself, and it just seemed to be the next likely thing, because we're talking to guys and, and ladies that are doing just that. They're, they might not be able to uh, foresee a, a real near future where they could replace their main source of income or mm-hmm. let that be their main source of income, but it could be a piece for now. Yes. So t- talk about how you've put all of that together for somebody that's establishing a platform like that. Well, what you've got to do is you've got, this was one of the most helpful pieces of advice I ever got. When I wrote Why Men Hate Going to Church, I was a first-time author. Nobody knew me. And somebody told me to read a book called uh, Nonfiction Book Proposals Anybody Can Write. And so I read this book. And the very first chapter, this author says, Before you write anything, do a market research. Go out there and see if the book that you are trying to write has already been written, okay? Mm -hmm. So, Pastor, if you have a great idea and you really want and you want to develop a market for that and 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 uh, monetize that idea, you need to go out and see if anybody else is already doing what you're doing. And let me tell you this. If Francis Chan is already doing it, (laughs) 
then people are probably going to watch Francis Chan and not you. Um, now, but that's not to say that you couldn't have a niche, that you couldn't also be doing what Francis Chan is doing. But what I'm saying is, is if the market is already saturated, well, I'm going to write a book about prayer. Okay. There are a lot of books about prayer written by very famous people. Mm-hmm. What you've got to do is you've got to have a new, a new angle on prayer that's not already been done a million times. So that, that would be, be your setup. Les, does that answer your question? <clears throat> Part of it. And, mm-hmm. and I love that because, you know, um, Burger King, Wendy's, there are several more franchises that would not exist if they decided, well, McDonald's is doing it, so we're, right. there's no need for us to try. Uh, so, yeah, that's part of it. The other part, and maybe you can get a little more specific in this way, a mindset that many people who are listening to you talk right now, a mindset that they have is that either, hey, Christians won't pay for this kind of stuff, or pastors, people in ministry don't have any money. They won't pay for this kind of stuff. You and I know that that's not true. So how mm-hmm. did you overcome that yourself other than just seeing it happen like well i'm a christian and i'm a pastor and i I buy this stuff (laughs) you know so and then how did you arrive at a sweet spot when it came to uh pricing and what you would charge for what you wouldn't charge for what you would just give away and can you speak to that okay so i'm gonna take those one at a time the hamburger analogy is great okay because why did burger king take off flame broiled why did wendy's take off hot and juicy Yep. Why has In-N-Out taken off? California. Y'all are <laughs> Why is Chick-fil-A? So, yeah, I'm, I know I'm starving. I'll see you later. Um, <laughs> no, it, 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 yeah, they all sell hamburgers. I, you know what? Okay, this is sacrilege. I just heard Arby's introduced a hamburger. Whoa. Get out of here. Yeah, I'm done. I'm They're going to Of course, man. They need to <laughs> keep their vision. Stay in your lane, bro. Yeah. yeah. So, no, no, what I'm saying is, yeah, you're absolutely right. Just because Tony Evans is doing it, just because Matt Chandler is doing it, just because that doesn't mean you can't do it, but you've got to have a unique angle that they don't have. You can't just write the next book on the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Right. My goodness. Yep. That, yep. No, you've got to have a unique angle. Now to your, to your second question, you, you were asking about pricing, yeah, the whole pricing and you... model and yeah. And overcoming any okay. kind of mindset. Yeah. All right. So I'm just going to come out with it. I'm going to, my original offer to pastors is six months of training, $6,000, $6,000. Where am I going to come up with $6,000? You know what I figure? I figure there's one layman in every church. who could easily write that check. He owns yeah, a couple easy. of, he owns a couple yeah. of rental houses that have just tripled in value in the last 10 years. He 6,000 would be nothing for him to, to be able to sit in church on Sunday and hear more interesting sermons and see his church grow. So, you know, $6,000 sounds like a great deal of money. I think if pastors just asked, Hey, I want to take this course. It's going to teach me to better be a better preacher, both online and in the room. I'm being taught by David Murrow, this award-winning television producer who wrote why men hate going to church. He's going to personally coach me for 12, for six months. We're going to have a weekly Zoom meeting. Um, he's going to teach me how to bring object lessons in, to put more visuals in my sermons, to shorten my sermons and focus them, to make video sermons better. And we'll grow the church by growing our online platform. Would you help me raise that money? You'd have that money in two weeks. Yeah. You know, $6,000, not a great deal of money. So um, that was kind of the, the, it sounds like a lot of money, but, and then there's other ways I can monetize this thing. I'm going to start doing sample sermons. I've got to show pastors how to do this. So I'm going to be doing 18 minute sermons built around object lessons. I'm going to be posting these things on YouTube. What if one of them goes viral? 
YouTube starts writing me checks. Mm-hmm. So there's any, once you, here's the thing. Once Abraham headed for the promised land, good things started to happen to him. Had he never left Ur of the Chaldees, none of the blessings that followed would have followed. So pastor, you've got to leave Ur and head to the promised land. And as you go, God will open more doors that you could not even have imagined, but you've got to go. You've got to start somewhere. Yeah, I love that. And I was, oh, go ahead, Les, I'm sorry. No, no, that's all right. I know what you're going to say, man. Our two words that we repeat often, David, are, man, just take action. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take action and go. That's where I was going to head down that road is just to, to, again, kind of connecting the dots for our audience that you you didn't have this whole thing mapped out. What I love about the story, first of all, we're catching you at the kind of the early ground level of this, the, the ground floor of this. Um, but as you thought you were launching a coaching product, which you probably still will launch that and it still will be part of your um, you know overall offering before you could even get that fully out of the gate, here comes an offer, potential offer from a seminary to like, Hey, we, we may plug uh-huh. you into this seminary, maybe multiple seminaries. And so I love that you've got that. I also, something that I just heard you say, I'm going to say it a little differently is that you already are thinking for ways that you can upsell or add additional products or services along to this offering and and again diversify your business that you have one main idea but there's going to be multiple streams potentially of revenue that are coming in as a result of this one idea it's what we love about this information based pathway that you know if you want to write a book that's great you can write a book but then you can also take that message out to conferences you can also build a coaching program around the message of that book i mean there's so many different things that you can do with the the message. So anyway, I'm just connecting some dots for our audience and I love Mm -hmm. all of that. I was going to, here's, here's one more question. And then I want to set us up for our backstage conversation. Um, David, and you can just please be as honest as you want to be with this question. Okay. Have you, well, you've had some experience selling to pastors because you've been, you know, you've been an author in this space for a long time. Now you've got this new product that you're creating. Like, What's it? Do you do you find that it's different selling to pastors than it is selling to an audience that's not pastors? Since you've had plenty of experience in that realm as well, like talk to me about that. Like, what's your what's your thought about selling to pastors as a whole? Um, you, you know, just purely from selling books at conferences, pastors often have a book fund. They have a budget for you know they used to call it a library stipend or something. So they will often come up and they'll, they'll pick up 10 books off my table. They'll sell me out or I'll get to the end of the thing. And they, what do you got left, Dave? Well, I got 14 copies. Okay, I'll take them all. Um, so pastors often have a budget for continuing education or things that would enhance their preaching ministry. I'm counting on that with the online preaching coach. Hmm. So pastor, if you're trying to produce a product that reaches fellow pastors, if it's a truly unique offer and it, it embodies something that they see value in, they can usually scratch together the funds. It's either a line item in their budget or they are, um, they are able to, you know, tap a key donor in their church to, to come up with the money. One of the, well, I mean, another door that just opened for me, if I, if I may, yeah, you may, um, as I was planning the seminary course, I just went ahead and had, I was having lunch with my senior pastor at my church here in Alaska. I attend a mega church up here. It's the largest church in Alaska. My son is on staff at this church. And so I told him, Hey, Western seminary just hired me to do this course for them. And he looks at, and, and I said, you know, it'd be really cool if I could shoot some of my 
uh, uh, segments in the church. He says, I'll make a deal with you. He said, you can use our facility, but you got to train us too. Mm. So now I've got my alpha group, my guinea pigs is going to be my own church. I'm going to be, you know, this thing about a prophet being without honor in his own country. That's BS, man. (laughs) My, my, I'm going to, I'm going to have the privilege of training my own church in this. So my, my message to pastors is start near you. You know, you don't necessarily have to go to uh, Samaria or the ends of the earth. What's your Jerusalem? What is your area of influence? Who do you already know? And, you know, just start promoting this among the people, you know, and see if you can get something off the ground that way. Yeah, that's good. I love that. That's good. Les, you got anything else before I set up our backstage conversation with David? Well, I mean, I, I love the conversation. I'd, maybe we could have David on again sometime to talk more about the, um, the mechanics and, and trends that are, that are happening and kind of how that fits into all of this too, because I, I'm looking forward to hearing about all of that and, and seeing the contents of the course. David, before we jump into the backstage, is there any um, advice you'd give our audience, that, especially that pastor that's looking at starting something down this road in terms of, I'm going to take an idea and, and go, you know, build something around it, monetize some products and services around it. Like what, what word of encouragement would you speak over that pastor that wants to do something similar, not the same stuff, but a similar trajectory that you're on right now? Yeah. Do your background research, find out if, if Tony Evans, if it's already done a million times, you've got to have a unique angle on it. Um, and then read up on sales funnels. I mean, look at the steps that you're going to have to do. If you're going, if you're planning to sell this online, selling through conferences is expensive. You've got Mm -hmm. travel expenses, you've got a hotel, you've got, they're getting more expensive every day. Mm -hmm. Selling online is cheap and it's harder to reach an audience online, but your, your costs are so much lower. So look into sales funnels, look into, um, learn how you get attention for things. And then just as a word of encouragement, please go to my website, davidmoreau.com, check out the free resources there, enroll in my free course, The Nine Commandments of Great Online Preaching. It will cost you zero dollars and zero cents, and I guarantee you will be a better preacher for it. That's awesome. I thought of one other just real quick question on this side, on the front stage here. Are there any tools that you love to use in your work, you know, when you're encouraging uh, people to kind of learn online funnels and stuff like what are some of the tools of your trade, the hacks that you use in this space? Oh, as far as funnels go? Yeah, any of it. Like just any online thing. Like I'm always I'm always touting the the magic of Calendly. So that has nothing to do with funnels. But what are some of the tools that, that you love to do your job if someone's just getting started and they're like, man, how does he do some of these things that he does? Like anything come to mind with that? Well, um, you know, probably Calendly is a good one for scheduling. Um, the... Uh, the most, the most valuable thing has just been a basic Google search. Okay. Um, you know, look up the terms you need. You don't know what you don't know until you start looking around. And then what you'll do is when you get into the sales funnel, you're going to see a lot of terms you don't understand. Google those terms. Yeah. Get, get, educate yourself, get smart, learn the mountain you're going to climb before you actually start climbing the mountain Yeah. and decide, you know, what did Jesus say? Before you build a tower, count the cost. Yep. And the last thing you want to do is leave the tower half built. Mm. So it's not easy to get these things going, but once you do get it going and once it does begin to roll, then the doors start to open and you're on your way to Jerusalem. I appreciate you challenging us with that. Cause it, you know, sometimes you, depending on who you're listening to online, there's people selling courses that tell you how easy it is. And, 
And if you just Mm-mm. buy their course, they'll make it even easier. And it's not. It's you know, it it is a grind to get some of this off the ground and stuff. But I love what you're doing, man. So David, thank you for hanging out with us. We're gonna we're gonna go backstage and I'm gonna have you share with our audience about the coming preaching a cop apocalypse. I can't even say the word apocalypse. Pre- preach apocalypse. Yes. The, the preach apocalypse. I'm gonna have to is that in spell check? Will that catch that? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, we'll you know, I, I'm just so excited that RBA's has a hamburger. That's where I'm going to stop. <laughs> All right. We will uh, join you backstage in just a moment. Right. Thank you so much, David. Appreciate having you on. Yeah. And thanks everybody for watching. Well, there you go. Good stuff from David Murrow. And for those of you that are backstage subscribers, don't go anywhere because in just a few minutes, we're going to be joining David backstage as he unpacks in more detail this idea of the coming preaching apocalypse, we decided officially that's the name that we're calling this thing. Uh, but he's got the the conversation continues about what it looks like to be a pastor and to have the role of preaching in this economy that we're living in, where you're fighting for people's attention and uh, really good stuff coming your way. So if you're in our backstage community, uh, just stick around. We'll be there in a moment. If you're like John, what is this backstage you speak of? How do I get in that community? Well, there's a couple ways. If you go to entrepastors.com forward slash community, you'll see some different options to engage with us. And the backstage pass is the lowest level, man. It's 10 bucks a month. You can jump in that and have every time we roll out a podcast, you get access to that premium content that we put at the very end of our show. And so you can go get all of the back episodes there and and, uh, all the future ones coming as long as you are part of that. If you want to jump into our community where we are helping pastors really take action down this road of whether it's the information-based path, the e-commerce path, you know, the service-based path, whatever that may look like for you, and you really want to get some content, some community and coaching around that, you can jump in the membership there as well. So all of that is there at our website, entrepastors.com. And guys, if you're just now like hearing this for the first time and like, John, I don't even know where to start in any of this. I got a free resource I'd like to share with you. If you simply go to entrepastors.com forward slash start, we'll give you our free get started guide. It's just a little PDF download that kind of helps you do some self-assessment, gives you a lot of practical ideas. I think we've got over 50 ideas of side hustle type things that anybody could start and they cover a wide range of skill sets and backgrounds and all of that so go to entrepastors.com forward slash start to get that free download and uh, guys if there's anything else that we can do to serve you please don't hesitate to reach out shoot me an email my email address is john j-o-n at entrepastors.com and i'll be happy to interact with you and serve you in any way that i can Thank you for being here. Thank you for being listeners to the show. Man, if you would do us just one small favor, we try to create content here every week that is valuable and serving you well. Would you just simply say thank you by sharing this podcast with other pastors or business-minded, ministry-minded people that you know you think would be blessed by it? Share it on social media. Shoot them an email with a link to your favorite episode leave a rating and review. All of those things help build our audience, help get more earballs on what we're doing here. And we'd be thankful for that. So help us out if you would. Love each and every one of you. God bless. Can't wait to talk to you next week.